Ronaldo McKenzie, and welcome to another episode of the Neoliberal Round podcast. Today, I was live on Germantown radio station, GT Radio 92.9 FM, in Philadelphia, Germantown, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, having a rap and interview session about neoliberalism, globalization, income inequality, poverty and resistance, and also talking about all things regarding my new book, Privilege, Power, Position, Status, and Secrets to Unlocking Divine Intervention, and all things Philadelphia and what's happening in the world. I have recorded it for you. A bit of it is on, uh, is on YouTube and on the YouTube channel, Renaldo.McKenzie. And you can also go to my uh, our website at RonaldoCMcKenzie.com or you could go to our homepage website, the neoliberal.com, which I will announce right now is up and running. As you know, we have a website. Uh, when we started in, uh, in, in February, we, 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 I, we built a website and um, it's called the neoliberal.com. And we were having problems towards the end of last year and just uh, about a month ago or so, we permanently lost all access. But we are back. The website, theneoliberal.com, T-H-E-N-E-O-L-I-B-E-R-A-L. It's up and running and it's much better. And uh, when you open up, we have changed, we have updated the theme to give it a moral theme. And when you click on the page, you will have, it will give you access to... Um, it will give you, you will see a, a menu and will take you to all the pages. It's beautiful, it's refreshing, and let me know what you think about it. But today, we will share with you the interview that I did with, uh, with Thomas at the Northeast Check-In Show on Germantown Radio 92.9. Once again, good morning and welcome to the Northwest Check-In right here on G-Town Radio, 92.9 FM WGGT-LP Philadelphia and online at G-Town Radio. And our guest for this morning is here. It is Germantown's own Ronaldo McKenzie. Ronaldo, yes. thanks for stopping in this morning. Yes, Enjoy sir. Definitely. I know you've you, um, you, uh, got a book out. We're going to talk about your book a little bit. And we're also going to talk about you yes. uh, right here in the community. Just for those who don't know who you are. Yes. Uh, Give us a little background on yourself. Well, um, good morning, everyone. It's good to be in the studios today. Indeed, I and just say that uh, <laughs> this is a very special event for yes, us here at the station. Yes, and you yes. may not even be aware of it, Ronaldo, is that uh, two years ago, when the pandemic, pretty much around the time that we had began this program, the Northwest yes. Check-In, as a chance to check in on the community, provide them with information to uh, navigate yes. the COVID-19 pandemic. And... Um, we have obviously like many businesses and mm -hmm. many uh, organizations and event space etc um we're unable to have our public come in and be right. part of our community obviously yeah. we have protocols that says your vaccination card which you uh, kindly showed me this morning and everything yes. so I pop on in here but we are excited because this is the first time in the history of this program that we've had a live guest on. Yeah, and the show was created <laughs> for during the COVID time, so we've had people on virtually, so we actually have our first physical guest, so I don't know what that means in terms I'm, of our history, but you have the honor of being the first physical guest wow, on the Northwest Wow, wow, this is, this is important, wow. and this is good, and uh, it's good to be here. I've been living in Philadelphia for a long time, especially Germantown. Yeah. I mean, not a very, very long time, because you hear the accent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm from Jamaica. But I came here in 2009, 
and um, it has been quite an experience for me. Um, I, came, I went to University of Pennsylvania, and when I went, got into univer to University of Pennsylvania, that wasn't my plan to be at University of Penn. But I got in there, and I was able to, um, well, I got into Temple and Drexel, and then they, someone asked me to apply to University of Penn. But anyways, I applied, and I got in as a, as a provision, provisional student. And I think I was telling you this story some time ago. But um, I came from Jamaica. I already had gone to university. Mm -hmm. I was a pastor. Um, I also worked as the, some national director. But when I came here, I brought all the skills and talents with me. And I wanted to take my, I wanted to go to the next level. And I, University of Penn really grounded me. And I did a research and I was able to publish a book that looked at poverty, looked at inequality. And I think it was the book Life, um, um, Life and Death, not the book, the, the Netflix film Life and Death okay. by um, um, Jamaica Kincaid and Stephanie Black, which really um, given me this kind of uh, uh, interest in studying um, things of, 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 of that affects the human, mm. because we are about promoting um, positive human opportunities for the human being and, and um, competitiveness and fairness so I decided let me study that because what is I'm from Jamaica what are the effects of globalization right. how is well, how, what creates that, that the, the dynamics in the world that causes brain drain that causes that kind of global south global north dynamic and when we talk about global south we talk about the developing countries we no longer use global south and we no longer use third world um, well, we no longer use third world, or, or we use um, global self, which is more uh, inclusive word, because language is important, as I said to you. So, um, so that, but I am about, um, currently I have graduated from Penn, I'm at Georgetown University to do my doctorate of liberal studies, and I'm a student of liberal studies. And liberal studies speaks to issues of ethics mm -hmm. and human value. If, um, issues of ethics and human value. Because we, and, and I would encourage anyone to, to be a student of liberal arts. So I, I, I study liberal arts, I study ish, things that challenge the development of human society, issues that challenge our progress. And I've been here for since 2009, but I, but I actually moved fully in Philadelphia, um, in Germantown in 2012. Okay. And it has been great. I'm a member of Phi Beta Sigma fraternity, um, and I have several friends in the community I go, I'm involved in, the, in our church, nothing, I go to the church at Old First UCC Church um, it, for, at Fourth and Race, I find that quite interesting. And, but what I find really, it, it, when I just came to Germantown, I, and I, I was having a conversation with somebody, Germantown was ideal to me, there was, there was something about the atmosphere. What, is, what about it that, that you connect with? You know, um, you know I, I'm from Jamaica and the Germans, we have a, some kind of German history in Jamaica. And you know, uh, Germantown has that strong, that strong influence in terms of the aesthetics of the community. Mm -hmm. I like it's just the feel of the community, and then the people. The people. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought that of all the places in Philadelphia, Germantown was the less crazy place. <laughs> no, I mean of all the places in Philadelphia, I thought it was one of the communities I really was fascinated, fascinated with. Um, there is this inclusivity. There is this people. Um, there is, I mean, there is some. There is this diversity, mm. uh, and there's always something happening in the community. I believe when I came here, there have there's something that, and not only that, it's close to the to the suburb. It had this suburban feel. Right. There's this openness. There's the space that you have, and so that's what I like about the air. Uh, and, and it's next to Lincoln. Maybe that's where some of the, the pond or, or the lake or whatever. That's where it's coming from. But the air and it's hilly. And I'm from Jamaica, which is very mountainous and hilly, and I like that. It's not flat. So it's the, there's the atmosphere and the and the feel of it and the history. You know, I, when I drive through Germantown, I feel like I'm driving. I'm in Trelawney. There's a place in Jamaica called Trelawney. So I feel as if I am in Trelawney because it's, it's the, the way in which the buildings are 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 are, are, are um, constructed. It gives that same kind of feel. Yes, and um, and another thing is, and and the next thing is the is the people are inviting. The people are inviting, easy to talk to, and um, and 
I decided that, you know, this is where I want to settle in Germantown. Well, we're, we're glad to have you in the community. Yes, yes, and, yes. And more importantly, you stopped in here this morning to yes, spend yes. some time with us here and check in. Uh, the name of the program, of course, is the North Coast Check-In. We invite the citizens of our community. Yes. Uh, interesting going on culturally, civically, community-minded mm -hmm. to check in yes. and, and be part of the program. And we're getting, you know, going, just kind of touch on your book here. It's called yes. Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income, Inequality, Poverty, and Resistance. Um, just what, you kind of alluded to what inspired it, and that was kind of growing up in Jamaica yeah. and combining, but it's not just about uh, the, within Jamaica. It, it, yes. It's a more broad yes. book, right? The, um, the book, and it, the book was reviewed by Kirkwood's Review and Online Book Club and several others, and I think some of the big reviewers, prob I'm not, would see, would, so for example, Kirkwood's Review say that it's an erudite analysis. It's an erudite analysis of Jamaica's economic history. But um, I wouldn't. But it's not just about Jamaica's economic history. It's look at the dynamics of human mm -hmm. society and sort of using Jamaica as the as a case study. Case study. Yes. Just for those listeners who may be unfamiliar, can you kind of give us a brief history of Jamaica yes. and why this is a good case study? It's a good case study because, say for example, Jamaica and just so you know, Prince William and yeah. Princess Kate. There, they went to Jamaica <laughs> recently, and there is this huge. Um, uh, there is this, some Jamaicans are for the monarchy. Jamaica is still the, queen, the uh, England is still our head of state. The Queen and Queen Elizabeth is still our head of state. But Jamaica was a colony of of Britain. But before so, of the Spanish, uh, Christopher Columbus discovered Jamaica in 1492, and we were a colony of Jamaica. And, and after that, um, the Spanish, the, the English, took Jamaica took Jamaica from the Spanish and uh, and we they started slave the slavery right. or the slave trade and sugar plantation uh, they, which they started to do to Jamaica was part of the whole slave trade where some slaves came from Africa and of course and when and, and the slaves stopped in Africa they provided the spices and so on so the slave trade so they were part of that but of course after independ after slavery was abolished in 1833 in Jamaica. The emancipation of slavery was in 1833 and the abolishment of slavery was in 1866. Um, this was 30 years after the abolishment. What happened was that uh, many of the slaves left the plantation so there was indentured servitude or indentured labor, people from China and India. So you saw that it's just, it's, so Jamaica is mixed up of Chinese and mm. Indian cross-pollination. And so what happened is that uh, Jamaica over time uh, has since uh, moved towards independence in 1962 in a way to develop there and to carve their own history. But what has happened is that Jamaica has has had to de uh, to liberalize its economies. They have to, um, and at one moment, when Jamaica got independence in, 19, in 1962, they used the British dollars, they used, um, uh, sorry, sterling pound, and it went from the sterling pound to the Jamaican dollars, and they had to um, uh, liberalize the economy. So they had to... Uh, uh, um, remove tariffs, um, de-unionize, um, open up their economy so as to create penetration because as they were get, as they became independent, at the same time the world was speeding towards globalization. Right. You know what was going on in the world. So, so many of these states, Jamaica, Barbados, Trinidad, and many of the former Caribbean uh, uh, colonial um, uh, countries, uh, the countries that were once colonies of Britain, they went in the in the 1960s and, and in that, that period were affected by what was happening in the world and of course by the 1970s they met with with the oil crisis and the oil crisis really affected these countries to the sense that um, they are vulnerable and they and they are, they are smaller states and so and as a result they needed money and they went to structure they, they went to the IMF and the World Bank and they got and and but and that's where and that's what we talk about structural adjustment they created a plan with the WTO and IMF and the World Bank to, to help vulnerable states. As the world moves towards globalization and the world moves towards crossing borders, including Car the Caribbean islands, as, because part of globalization is to cross borders. You, are, you want to facilitate this crossing of borders, the exchange that takes place between countries. But part of this exchange, there is this unfairness. Mm. What is this that creates poverty? What it is that creates inequality? What it is that puts people behind? So when I came to the U.S., I was interested in that. 
I was interested in, I wanted to find out why is it that people in the Caribbean, people in the global south, why is it that they, their lives are, are so vulnerable compared to the other countries? And so, I, and I wanted it to be more interdisciplinary. And so, so that led me to the point of uh, wanting to explore the issues of poverty because I come from poverty in a sense, not really poverty in a, but I come from a, Com compared to the U.S., compared right. to the, I come from poverty. The experience of poverty, as I said to you, is different. The poverty in the Caribbean that people experience, it's kind of, they have a bucolic society. In the U.S. The, the, and, and post-industrial country, the, pop, the, the kind of society is di different. So, and so, we, so I wanted to understand that and the international arrangements that creates income inequality, poverty, and then explore solutions to that. And so, of course, I, this, I when I came here, I, I started to, uh, I worked with the Martin Oppenheimer and Walter Litt and, and some of these people to, to study this concept of, of, of globalization. And, of, of course, I was reading uh, several books. Uh, Martin Oppenheimer was uh, very influential in my life. But I wanted to understand, I, I was interested in globalization because Jamaicans travel, people of the Caribbean, the, the world is about travel. People travel, and people travel, and I said in the book, people travel for opportunity. Right. People travel to get to the next level. And, um, and the world has always been about travel. But, um, but of course, there are those who are preventing travel. You know, it's, there's, there's the immigration issue, and I, and I wrote recently, um, until we deal with the problem of immigration, um, or the problem of... Um, poverty and income inequality or the unfairness within competition or the unfair competition in society won't deal with immigration. So we won't fix the problem properly or resolve it. So you're, but, you're saying that the immigration issues are really related to yes. income inequality and in poverty because people are looking people, for greater advances. Yes, yes. So people are looking to advance and people have under, and travel, America, the story of America is the story of immigrants coming here looking for opportunity. The story of people in the global south and vulnerable people are people who are struggling looking for opportunity. And travel facilitates and produces. Immigration is, speaks to that issue of travel. And globalization speaks to that because globalization is about crossing borders. Right. And we are and to facilitate this kind of cross-border relations or the exchange that takes place in humanity because life is about people and how people relate. Life is about people and how people relate. And we talk about communication. Communication is to make popular what was the monopoly. Popular what was the monopoly. And so what we are doing, and, if, and globalization facilitates this kind of exchange, this kind of movement, and so on. But it also brings with it brain drain. Say, for example, I'm from, you know, where the best and the brightest are leaving. So I wanted to understand all those concepts. The fact that people are moving and that they have to move. And at the same time, there are immigration policies that is preventing that. So one thing that I talk about is connectionism. Um, I talk about the fact that the kind of Protestant ethic that drives us no more is not one of the Protestant ethic or the one of that was what Max Weber says, hard work, savings and so on. But it's one of nepotism and greed and connectionism where, where people form connections and groups and association that, that and then create laws to, to govern to govern that trade and to facilitate international movement, but more often than not, some persons benefit and others don't. And so that's what we have. So globalization helps to facilitate this, but in a sense, there are winners and losers. Right. But why are there winners and losers? I was got a bad question. I was going to, why, what do you see causing this divide? Is it, yes. I mean, on one hand, we're talking globalization, yes. when you think about it from and economic and business aspect, um, you know, you start to go, okay, uh, yeah. it seems to be the, without getting into like a heavy-duty political yeah. discussion, uh, it seems that those in the corporate larger scale are all for it when it benefits them, yet when they see the individual seeking the opportunity, that is frowned upon, yet yes. it is still, that the divide, it doesn't seem to be people. So. That is true. You know, I, okay, I have said that, um, I, what I have said is that what has happened with the Caribbean or, or, or the people of the global south or people who are not meaningfully involved in globalization that is neoliberalized. Right. And when I talk about neoliberalism or neoliberal, neo means new, liberal means free, 
So Neil, we're, we're talking about breaking down barriers to globalization. But Michael Crozier talks about the bureaucratic phenomenon, right? And the bureaucratic phenomenon is, in a sense, uh, a duplicitous, deals with issue of duplicity, deals with issues of hypocrisy or Phariseeism, where you say, do as I do, but not as I say. So what happened was that, see, for example, the World Trade Organization and many of its international bodies are created. And when they were created, they were created to, so that persons can abide by certain rules in agreement that, 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 that speaks to fair game and competition. And I've always said that I am for competition. Nothing is wrong with competition. But the problem of competition is one, there are those who has already gained a competitive advantage in the world. And so if you have gained a competitive, already gained some kind of competitive advantage in the world at the expense of others, and now you're moving in a globalized world, we have to do, we have to facilitate, we have to facilitate their, their inclusion in the world. We have to try to facilitate their development in the world. And so what, what has happened is that when organizations came together with rules and guidelines that would, that would stop, say for example, talking about structural adjustment policies, policies to regulate the economies, the certain guidelines have to be fair. So in the sense that you, so say for example, I, I talk about this in my book, in, in, at one instance, in, a, in an effort to speed towards globalization, so to facilitate multinationalism and transnationalism, which was actually the, the, the overall, what has happened with neoliberal globalization. One of, the, one of the things that we know that was part of the structural adjustment agreement with the IMF, the World Bank, and which falls under WTO because World Trade Organization is about facilitating trade, trade between countries and so on. <clears throat> and then the IMF and the World Bank was created to provide smaller states and developing states with the aid so that they can, so that they can meaningfully engage the world, this new thrust of globalization. But this is what happened. As I said, I talk about the bureaucratic phenomenon or this issue of Phariseeism, where we do as I say, but not as I do. The problem is some, say for example, farmers and, 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 and milk producers in Jamaica and in some Caribbean islands could not now subsidize because you, want, you, don't, want, you don't want unfair trade. Right. You want it to, so part of this neoliberal globalization, which I said is a strategy, because I'm going to speak to the issue of strategy. Mm -hmm. Strategy was they, here it is that the U.S. was, and other post-industrial countries, the post-industrial countries were subsidizing their, their, uh, their farmers and so on and so forth, while in the, the global south in these other countries, they, they were part of the agreement and they could not they couldn't mm -hmm. subsidize the local, that was part of the agreement. So you see, we're talking about neoliberal, we're talking about globalization, we're talking about facilitating trade, but I'm talking about fair, fair game. But here it is that there's other persons from other countries who are already dealing with the past, already dealing with the past of colonialism and so on. Now, I met with the issue of an inability to, to provide necessary developmental gains or um, investment in their country based on WTO's ruling which now puts them back, it puts them back because they know they have to get a loan, which, and they, what do they apply to the loan? They apply what they believe that how, how the Caribbean, and see for example, Michael Manley was the former Prime Minister of Jamaica, indicated in an interview some time ago, talks about the fact that um, they were not, uh, they were given loans then because, fine, they, they had, because the problem in the Caribbean is, uh, is money, they don't have money. And, um, and we know tourism and bauxite and so on, and, they, and, and agriculture is no longer part of the... Say, for example, Jamaica's had the Caribbean used to export banana, but after NAFTA, they no longer... Because they had a, a preferential agreement. Oh, I didn't know that. And, of course, because it was against WTO policy. So the point I'm making is that you see globalization and the world comes together to facilitate trade and, and so on. But at the same time, where are some of these countries starting from? Exactly. So you, and, you have a country yes. that's already, again, we'll use like, you know, Jamaica yes. as an example. It, it's a small problem. It has, you know, as we were, as you mentioned earlier, the 
on the scale of poverty. Yes. You know, it, it's it's a, so it's definitely you know and the race is their way down here. Yes. And so you know and they're having to compete or at least factor that. But how does this impact the actual individual? Yes. If that's what I guess I'm you know. It like a citizen, a person, a human being living in Jamaica. In Jamaica is you can when you watch Life and Death, and even if you listen to the stories, and the fact that you know Jamaica has a the Carib people in the Caribbean. We talk about brain drain. Mm -hmm. The fact that people travel. I said, okay, look, I re I listen to the introduction of my book, sure. really, and you have to. This is quite interesting, and I talk because I believe it. It also talks about my experience as an, as an individual of the global south moving to the global north. They're talking about global south, global north dynamic, and so on. I said, when we hear of Jamaica, we think of the Caribbean. We think of beautiful islands of paradise with sun, sea, and sand, reggae music, cannabis, and I repeat. I repeat people like Usain Bolt, people who are living out their best lives and desires and, and dreams. But this book analyzes this motif. Given the historical and current economic and political situation in Jamaica and the global south, and I said, in an attempt to escape the adverse realities of poverty, inequality, and injustice, the people of the global south find themselves in north metropolises. Notice I say north. I'm playing with it. I'm being very deliberate when I say north metropolises, the global, the post-industrial country, with very little agency and and minimal change. Excuse me to their lives. So you know. There is no escape right. for the person from the global self. There is no escape. So they feel locked in uh, because there you have the, some, some Jamaicans feel as though it's a political issue. That the politicians are weak, need and lack vision. And that, um, but, and of course in Jamaica there is the issue of criminality. So Jamaicans and people of the global self are always looking to travel. They're always looking for opportunity. Because for many Jamaicans and many people in the, the global self and vulnerable countries, there is no hope except outside of their own countries. And I'd like to get back to that and talk about how it impacts the country itself yes. due to brain drain. Yes. Uh, but let's take a little break here. For those listening in this morning on the Northwest Check, and we are here with uh, author, scholar, Germantown resident, yes. Ronaldo McKinsey. We're talking uh, about neoliberalism, globalization, income inequality, poverty, and resistance, which just happens to be yes. the name of his uh, latest book. Yes, yes. We'll talk a little bit more about that. going to take a little note. It's something we have every uh, morning at this time. We improve our vocabulary. Okay. Ronaldo, with a, a word of the week uh, produced by one of our programmers, Reed McCardle, who host speech. Saprostomus. Yes, S A P R O S T O M O U S. Saprostomus. So there you go. I do not. I hope I don't have saprostomus this morning. There you go. <laughs> we, 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 have mic, yes. we have mic socks. Oh, yes. We, 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 <laughs> yes, we, and we are apart. Yes. We're good. Yes. We have this nice spray just in case. <laughs> so we're not using it this morning. You're fine. Thanks yes, for joining yes, us. This yes. is fun to have a, an actual like live guest in here. Just a couple other things I want to talk to our listeners about that we do here in the morning is this weekend. There's lots of stuff going on in cleaning up our neighborhood, mm -hmm. and uh, you know Germantown is having a number of cleanups. I mean. That was part one of a live recording I did on Germantown Radio 92.9 FM, the Northeast Check-In Show with Thomas. And we have a part two, so do not go anywhere. We still have more to come on that very interesting interview. Thank you so much. And just so you know, if you have any comments or feedback, or if you would like to reach out to me to... 
to rap with you and to talk to talk with you some more about the concepts and the ideas. Don't just uh, visit RonaldoCMcKenzie.com or the neoliberal, the neoliberal.com and send me or send me an email. The neoliberal at RonaldoCMcKenzie.com. And just so you know, you can also access this show by going on the neoliberalround.wordpress.com. And now, the part two of and the continuation of the of the live recording with Thomas in Germantown Radio. Here we go. I just add one more thing since you're talking about events. Okay, you we cannot, we, yes, we cannot forget that the, the, there's a book signing oh, happening yes, yes, book at signing the Germantown it. Expresso Bar on Sunday. It was supposed to be Saturday, but we they, they, it's now it's going to be Sunday from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. and um, the reading, the book reading will, will be at 12 noon. Okay. Yes. And so please come on and get involved. And now um, for those persons who don't know, but um, uh, there are some churches that have. Food cupboards on um, on Saturday, which is tomorrow, that from between 7 a.m. and 12 o'clock, um, the the church right by the corner of Germantown Avenue and Washington Lane, uh, the the new space Christian Life, I believe, and then there's this the church right by the uh, by the, the that's the distribution center, Tulpahockey, the corner of Tulpahockey and Baton. For persons in Germantown who don't know where to access food cupboards, mm-hmm. or it, they have they they provide uh, bags with food for persons who are in need. So if you guys uh, know anyone that is in need today, check them out at the corner of Germantown Avenue and Tup- Baton and um, Tupahawkin or the corner of Germantown and Washington Lane right by the church. Yes. And just uh, reiterating what this program is about is it definitely connecting, checking in and having our citizens in our community even share information that we may not have and we're or reminding them of things. So yes. you uh, definitely being part of this morning's discussion. Uh, so back to my question was, yes. how does the, the brain drain, like obviously people are leaving the Caribbean islands, coming to northern metropolises, yes. and they don't return. So how does that impact the country itself and its its, its progress? Its you know, if you read the back of my book, I said that I am working on another book. It's And I've already did some papers on it. The other side of the brain drain, the secrets to divine intervention, and the other side of the brain drain. The other side of the brain drain. And what does brain drain... I said to you earlier that brain drain is part of the, the effect or the consequences or what, the, the result of, of, of globalization. Because what happened is that because Jamaica started, because countries have to deunionize, because countries have to get rid of tariffs and, um, and anything that... and, 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 and sub- local subsidies and so on, because of that, many it affected the, the local economy in a sense. And so you find that a lot of persons have to travel to the global north from these countries because of, because of limited opportunities. And, and I think it provides, up. it's good. And, and one of the things I've said is that it is actually positive to, to, to have people travel because, because resources, are limited in these countries when because at one cent we were people studies are done that shows how brain drain the best and the brightest people are leaving these countries and and when the best and the brightest people leave these countries it affect the the, the value the currency of that country the ability for their people to work together so that's part of the thing when when brain drain is affected affecting Jamaica because of the brain drain because their breast and their the best and the brightest people are leaving but um, and of course part of the problem with immigration is that post-industrial countries only take the best and the brightest from these countries as well okay and of course these countries are all and part of the argument is that they are already limited by um, that by opportunities so that's part of the problem but remit it facilitates remittances remittance provides these countries with tremendous um, opportunities. So for, you know, when you talk about Jamaican GDP, we're talking about tourism and bauxite, but also, oh, but also remittances. So Jamaican, sorry, Jamaican get remittances. And in fact, I think I, I quoted, as, uh, I, I 
last year I looked at the remittance figures and what because of COVID, uh, Jamaica and some of these Caribbean islands were struggling t- tremendously mm-hmm. and they needed remittance. But I think because of the international, the world cracked up because of what was go- going on in the world, many of these p- countries were struggling. So you find that, say for example, in Jamaica, Jamaica, uh, they couldn't pay some of them. They couldn't pay the professors. Some 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 schools were closed and so on. And so we talk about how brain drain. Oh, I apologize. You were about to say something. No, no, no. I, 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 I'm, so I just had a thought in my head right there yeah. about things you were talking about. I didn't relate yeah. the aspect of the impact of COVID yes. on these uh, countries uh-huh. that are really dependent upon. I would guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, a major part of yes. their uh, country's income and generates is through tourism. Tourism. And, and with that being impacted through yes. COVID, uh, that, uh, how did that play into this? Well, what I talk about, um, what has happened is that it, aff- it does affect travel. And not only that, and many of these countries had a problem getting the vaccine. So, you know, that was, it was a, 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 a myriad of problems and challenges for smaller states. Because we're dealing not just with the issue of um, the tour, tr- we're talking about travel. They already have limited finances, but now they have tourism, which is the, one of the number one earners um, um, uh, revenue sector within the Caribbean and Jamaica, Barbados, and so on and so forth. So what was so their economy was affected, which affected their ability to to generate foreign U.S. Uh, right. foreign exchange dollars, so that no, they can continue to spend on foreign especially foreign and capital goods that they and and that they that they lack and so that has affected the country but what has happened is that several the US and several other foreign countries has helped Jamaica um to uh doing this very difficult process and um in a sense some people were really people and people were still there was still some amount of travel but it it really affected Jamaica in the sense that uh many of the hotels were closed down right. Um, the economy was going, um, was having prob- uh, Barbados and many of these countries having a problem, um, uh, um, opening, keeping their doors open, their hotel doors open, and as a result, it affected the economy and the amount of money rate generated last year because of COVID. COVID significantly affected the Caribbean islands and countries of the global south because of the number, the number one earning sector took a took a hit and already struggling with limited resources. This this has. What has created, what has um, helped to fix this, the, 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 the lack created by COVID um, or created by the fact that the, the, uh, the tourist, tourism was not as booming last, was it booming last year in these islands? Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, remittances. Remittances in many more makes up the lack. And, these, and, you know, when we talk about brain drain, brain drain really helps also. It, it's... We, I, I'm not going to say brain drain. I'm not going to use the word brain drain. Say, um, but because in a sense, these countries, they may, well, they may lose brains, but they gain finances because many of these people wouldn't, it's, it's hard to find opportunities. Right. People are looking for opportunities. And especially I, Jamaica is part of the, and, the, and we're part of the Americas. We're part of the Americas in a sense. So, and so the, many Jamaicans, the opportunity for them to be able to be here and to send money back to their country. So as to help and to aid and to prevent further poverty. And we talked about last year, two years ago, there was, when I was wrapping up the study of this book last year, because I finished writing the book in 2016, but I also did, I actually, when I was about to publish it last year, I did updated, I provided updated poverty figures as it relates to Jamaica. But it shows that while, while globalization in some sense has created some kind of um, income inequality has increased, mm-hmm. exacerbated income inequality in Jamaica, and and poverty. Um, in a in a sense, there have been some amount of positive for Jamaica and the Caribbean, but in some instances, there's also abject poverty, especially the those who are poor are getting poorer. So, what is the solution for us yes. on a, the larger scale yes. with countries where yeah, but as the individual, I mean, we're right. you know, it's very easy for us like, oh, I'm just to live in our own little bubbles in our pocket. Yeah. But our impact is just one citizen right here in Philadelphia, in Germantown. Yes. And knowing that what can we do in this big picture of globalization, realizing that you know our actions and everything we do 
impacts the wow. world? How do we fit into the big picture? I know that's a really uh, deep, heavy question. No, you have, I am happy you asked me that question. What can we do? You know, I must be preface my answer by saying this. Do you know, I watched President Zelensky recently as he sp- spoke to uh, Congress. And he ended with the most powerful point, which I find quite interesting. He said, peace in your country no longer depends, the peace in your country no longer depends on the efforts of you to ensure to work for peace in your own country, but now it depends on ensuring for peace in other parts of the world. I have taken, and I completely agree with him. And of course, we said no man is an island, no man stands alone, each man, you know what I mean? So... It's an attack against one country, a Democrat is an attack against another country. So what, are the, what efforts can we do here? And just so you know, I believe that as people, we are all one. Right. As people, we have a responsibility, not just to help ourselves. We have, because, you know, I have said, um, I am about adding value. As, you know, life is about people and how people relate. And that relationship what is that? What is the level of that relationship? What is the nature of that, the level or the dynamic of that relationship, of that life that we live? And what is it that makes it beautiful? And I have said that the ability to be able to help the other. Right. Because if, you, if we can't help for, work for peace in another country and help the other, then it affects us. It, it, say, it speaks volumes about us and who we are as people people with value, people with principles, people who are more, people with morals, people with ethics who have a responsibility, you know, and I said, I don't know if people think in terms of ethics anymore, this, the, what is the, the highest ethic to preserve a life, but when we talk about the preservation of life, we're talking about preserving the physical, but the people don't understand that the physical is tied to the psychological as well, okay, and 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 people's lives are connected. The physical is connected. So we have a responsibility as people. And just so you know, when, when I talk about the diaspora, there are people in Germantown, there are so many people in Germantown who are of the Jamaican heritage. Right. Caribbean people in, that live here. So in a sense, part of the Jamaica's and the Caribbean challenge, as it relates to trying to develop a level of independence, because I say to Jamaicans and the Caribbean countries and global South countries, they are dependent capitalist countries. They are vulnerable. They are, you know, they're, they're very responsive to exogenous shocks or anything that happened in the world. Uh, the COVID revealed to us the, the issues of income inequality and poverty and so on and so forth and the problems that these countries have to be. In fact, some people left their countries, leave. Some people in these countries found it easier for them to, for people to, to, to for them to come here to get vaccinated. Mm. They came to the U.S., and got vaccinated and went back to Jamaica. But if they were in Jamaica, they wouldn't be vaccinated. Or, the, or Barbados or Trinidad or the UK, so to speak. So, you know, that is... So we have a responsibility to work for peace for others. Because, in fact, I believe that is one. Do unto others the rule. that Do unto others mm-hmm. as much as you want others to do unto to you. Okay? And we have a responsibility to help the other. Because how people who are... If, people who are vulnerable people... We have a responsibility to lift up people. So part of my responsibility is to provide, is to, so that's what I write, why I write. You know, and some people are upset about what I write because I write about issues of justice, about discrimination. But, but, what, but if you read my blog and all my, and I have a new, and my website and so on, I said, what is the ultimate of all things? The ultimate of all things is that we become one. We become one with reality in all of our individuality. Hmm. That is the yes. ultimate. That and a man and that I am saying that. that I've, and I've come to this. I, 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 you know, I used to be a pastor and I, for uh, 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 in Jamaica for years. And I and and I, you know, I'm and I said I'm writing a book, The Secrets to Unlocking Divine Intervention, and I cannot wait to share that book with you. We definitely would love to have you I, back and talk because you're you, you've got lots of information here. I am so emotional. Just, I'm yeah, emotional and, right now. And, uh, you, yes. you, you hit on a lot of uh, really good topics and uh, things that to think about. And, yes, uh, one yes, of the things yes, you were talking yes. about is how we're all connected. But one more thing, all, let me just ask one question. Sure. Who is my neighbor? We all are neighbors. We all I are mean, neighbors. This is one of the joys of you know. Yes. One of the reasons I am gravitated and got yes. this radio bug in in, in yes. my twenties. 
and actually, well, that's a long time. But it's that's been a while, great. yeah. But yes, one of the yes. things about community radio, in particular, uh, is that we can have this connection, yeah. and we can share this. And there's all these people listening right now, and they're yes. hearing our conversations, and they're and they're yes. connecting, and hopefully they're having things. But one of the things with the internet aspect of yes. it is there are people across the world now who are connected to this community just by this little line of listening. And so we're all yes. making connections and bringing us more together as global citizens and world citizens as opposed to our own little bubbles in our own yes, world. Yes, that is so true. Getting beyond the self and what you were saying earlier. Yes, it's yes. Really, you know, it's very easy to get wrapped up in ourselves and think, oh, you know, oh, my, my, my life's this way or it's great. But to think, you know, wake up every day. Yes. You know, how am I doing as a human being? Okay, I'm yes. okay. I look good. I feel good about myself. Now, what can I do to help someone else in this world yes. feel good too? Because everyone wants to feel happy. It can be something as simple yes. as yes. saying hello to that person or like just smiling at them that in the morning. It's just, it's just that little step is kind of the, the little things that we don't think about is just where we start. That is true. The word Philadelphia yeah. comes from the Greek word. Well, it comes from a Greek word. It comes to us from Greek. And many people, and I, every time I meet people in, in coffee shops, in the streets, and I just I, let me tell you, those people who listen to me now, many of you might know me. I am very I I know this community very well. Mm. I walk up and down. People don't see me, but I see people. I have conversations with people. I listen to people, and some of it some of it is anthropological and, I, and it's part it's formed part of my writing. But I do Uber sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I have done Uber, and I'm telling people that, and I because I and I deliberately do it because I find it anthropological. Mm. I don't I don't I, I. By the way, if you listen to some of my podcasts, I do a podcast called the Neoliberal Round Podcast. It's available on all podcasts. And if you listen to my podcast, I, I do a take called Street Vibe. Hmm. Part of that is conversations I have while doing Uber driving. And I'm going to tell you a secret. I, I don't know if I ever told you this one time before, that I was working as an executive in New York, as a junior executive, as a chief planner for a logistics company. And, um, and I was having a difficult time. It was very challenging for me. Um, working at that particular place um, but it was great I did a lot of positive stuff but um, I just wanted I wasn't feeling as if I was realizing my full potential right. my full potential I want to add value to people and want as I am being as value is being added to me I want to be able to to live and work in a dynamic context yes mm-hmm. that serving people helping people to realize their full potential and so I and I and that is what I hope to do. But the word Philadelphia means comes from the word phila, uh, phileo, which means love, but it's a brotherly kind of love because, you know, you have different kinds of different words for love. Right. But they, the word that they used, the Greek word for love that they used to define Philadelphia was phileo. Instead of agapeo, because agape, you know, agapeo means agapeo means unconditional love, but phileo means a kind of brotherly sisterly love. Okay, so Philadelphia is about a brotherly sister. It's a love that is brotherly. Phileo, Adelpho, it's a brotherly love. But and I and I say to people, where is that love? Because you know what happened? Recently, they stole my car. They, I, my car was stolen at the Sinoco gas station <laughs> and there have been several thefts yes. that's going on and the, Philadelphia is becoming and I said to you when we started I, you know, Germantown appealed to me appealed to me and, and please and this is, I'm being very perspectival when I said earlier well there's something when compared to other other parts of Philadelphia I found Germantown to be less I said less crazy, but let me not use the word crazy for people who are offended by that. So let me apologize for people who might have heard that and felt a little bit disrespected. So when I mean less crazy, I mean this is not as active, it's not as busy. It's, I, mean, I do not like driving into Northfield because it's just busyness of the road. It's cumbersome. It's just a lot of congestion and so on. In, in, a, in a sense, Germantown is a little bit, there's a little bit of suburban feel to it, you know, so I really like that kind of so but you find you see what's going on in philadelphia quite a, a theft a lot of theft um carjackings and so on and so forth um and so but there is a need for people and i've said recently though what part of the problem we have in society you know we there is this there is a lot of people are being left behind and and sometimes some of this crime and so on is people are trying to be part 
of a kind of reality, a kind of greed, a kind of realization of the self to achieve the self. So this individualism that we have, the thing is, the problem that we will not be able to help. You know, we are Philadelphia, but this left, this individualism will, will is what is the challenge to this to this Philadelphia, to this brotherliness, to this sisterliness, to this love which is unconditional. So yes, if we are Philadelphia. Then what do we do as people of love? We help the other. We help those in other countries. And those, that yes. is a great way to wrap our edition up. Yes. You know, I think that's a you know no one's gonna if you're if you're gonna yes. argue with that sentiment, then, yes. you know, just uh, that you're to, to quote you you are really crazy. <laughs> that question. So yes. once again, Ronaldo, it's been a pleasure having yes, you on yes, this morning. Definitely. Uh, neoliberalism, globalization, income equality, poverty and resistance is yes. the name of your book, and your book signing is on Sunday. Book signing is on Sunday. The book is I'm just saying, you know, the book is available in all platforms, the audio, the audible book. Um, it's also available on Kindle, um, in the Nook, um, hardcover paperback, so on and so forth. The book signing is this Sunday. At, uh, we don't have enough space. I for, we don't have enough books for everyone. So if um, we have a, a limited number of books, so if if we have more than what we have seen that's going to come to the event, then I'm going to. But we have a book reading at uh, twelve o'clock that same day, and people can also purchase the book on Amazon. And if you go online, it's all over, and you can also purchase the book on my website, RonaldoCMcKenzie.com or TheNeoLiberal.com. So um, thank guys. There's lots happening. I'm telling you, I have, I cannot wait to tell you guys some some other positive stuff that is happening. But um, I told you, I'm going to end with this. Yesterday, I got, I, I'm going to be working on a new book. It's called Privilege, Power, Position, Status, and the Secrets to Unlocking Divine Intervention. I will, I'm um, leader, I'm, I, I'm engaging Leader Press, who will be working with me. Leader Press is USA's number, and USA's and Wall Street Journal number one best-selling press. They are working with me to put, publish my next book. And um and I um I'm just give and I'm grateful for that and um thank you so Great. much for and giving me a chance to be here time. and um guys thank you for listening to us and continue to join with us take care. listening to another episode of the neoliberal round podcast and until then continue to send us your feedback and your comments and share the show with your family friends send us your audios and your comments and your posts and your articles and we will broadcast them for you what is the ultimate of all things that we become one with our that we become one in all of our individualities that will become one with reality, with all of our individualities. Because a man said once, once you label me, you negate me. <laughs>